All right. Welcome back to Dead Trust. Uh, it's Sunday, August 15th. This is our super slacker Sunday show. And tonight we have a very special guest, deplorable Janet. Hey, Janet. Yeah. Hey. Hey, I just you. want you to know it's fantastic that it's super slacker Sunday because <laughs> I am definitely being a slacker today. So hey, that was that. that was my show name. Um, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for being here. <laughs> I, I'm I'm quite the slacker. I, we we get lazy and just kind of bullshit around here on Sunday. So, uh, but yeah, if you can if you can kind of uh, tell the people who you are, a little bit about you, um, let them know where they can find you. The the rigmarole. Okay, I am everybody's <clears throat> favorite female that they love to hate. I'm Deplorable Janet. I uh, used to be on No Mercy. Now I have my own show. It's called Deplorable Nation. Um, I wear that, wear that badge quite uh, proudly because, you know, we all enjoy being called all these lovely names that we've been called. Yeah. So I decided to make that my show name and my stage name. You can find my podcast everywhere now. It took me over a year to get back on Apple and Spotify. So temporarily, I guess I'm there at least for a while. Um, you can find me at Deplorable Janet on Instagram, or you can find me on Twitter at no Janet K-N-O-W, because that is account number five. <laughs> oh and you can find and you can find me on alt media united so i am on there as well seems and like you've caught you a lot of flack on here flack. yeah i mean banned That's off of discord bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> permanently yep. banned forever <laughs> life banned from discord yeah life banned from discord um multiple strikes on instagram for quote <clears throat> posting false information that actually came directly from the FDA and CDC website. <laughs> so yeah, I'm probably on my last leg there as well, but that's where I'm at for now. But I'm always going to pop up somewhere when you least expect it. Sort of be uh, everybody getting busted for quote unquote disinformation is the amount of official right. information they're providing or, uh, information is what gets him censored like, yeah i'm just quote the cdc yesterday and it doesn't matter that's against the narrative today yeah, that's right i'm just blown away by the right. fact that uh having an opinion in the united states is now uh domestic terrorism you know they're seeing that seeing that article um right. i posted it up this weekend you know it just if if mm -hmm. you think the election was hacked, if you think the vaccines are are you know aren't good, if you you know whatever, uh, you're immediately a domestic terrorist now. I I, I when the fuck did uh oh. you know having having an opinion become terrorism? <laughs> wait wait, you're also a terrorist if you observe religious holidays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's another that that's. And that's a new one. Yeah. So to all the people out there of all religions around uh, the United States, um, you are all terrorists now, according to our Department of Homeland Security. So kudos to you. You also need a cookie 
uh, for that lovely performance that you gave on that matter. So there you go. It's just, just a new level of clown world. Um, yeah. I, I, the connecting um, was, was it just three things on that list? I'm gonna have to yeah, it was three things. My my brother-in-law, yeah. the uh, the German, he uh, he typically don't reach out to me on social media. He don't have a lot of social media accounts. But uh, earlier today, he messaged me on Instagram uh, with that picture, I guess, thinking that I hadn't seen it already. And I was like, yeah, it was making the uh, the rounds last night. And uh, we talked about it a little bit, but he was all like, uh, he's like, I'm not getting the vaccine. I still think Trump won the presidency and I'm going to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, was all like, I hear you, man. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's even the people waiting for it to be FDA approved are uh, also terrorists. Yeah. Well, the immune compromised, the yeah. immunocompromised too. Um, that's another thing, you know, Nome and myself, we both have, uh, uh, chronic issues and, you know, honestly, I'm diabetic. I have chronic pancreatitis and it's, I mean, it's, it's something that I personally would be afraid to take. I mean, no matter, you know, my conspiratorial exactly. views or, or anything like that, it's just like, uh, you know, like I have enough health issues as it is. And my mom actually, uh, she had messaged me a week or so ago and somebody that she knows, um, I believe they're in their forties, um, had a heart attack. And she's like, I don't know if they've taken the jab or not. And, uh, today she messaged me and she was all like, Hey, um, my stepdad was talking with them. And, uh, they said, uh, yeah, the doctor thinks that she had the heart attack, uh, because of stress, but, they she had taken the jab three days before she had the heart attack and i told mom i said yeah it was stress from having that shit put in her body you know <laughs> like it just right. you know a 40 some year old with uh no family history of heart attacks and in good health has a heart attack because of stress now i'm not buying it in no. bed, but you know it, it ticked me off window well that's, yeah mm -hmm. yeah it is, and that the quote stress diagnosis um, is what they have lumped everything under. Yeah. Nowadays, especially you know, not just our government and the CIA and the experiments that they did, but the Tavistock Institute and everything. It's all about stress and anxiety and depression. And if you're sick, and if you go to the doctor with symptoms of anything, oh, it's because you're depressed. Oh, it's because you're stressed out. I had the exact same thing happen to me. And I worked for a teaching hospital at the time. And the doctor that I worked closely with um, was getting ready to go on vacation. And I kept telling him, like, I have all these symptoms. Something is wrong with me. I know my body. I know when something's not normal. And he's like, oh, just, it's just stress. You're stressed. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows I am not a stress person. I don't do drama. I don't have mm -hmm. stress. I don't have anxiety. I don't have any of that stuff. I'm very even keel, happy-go-lucky. And so when he left on vacation, I ordered a bunch of cardiac tests on myself. And they actually found, after I went through all the hoops and all the tests, um, they actually found that I have a very rare heart anomaly and I brought the results back and I slammed them out on his desk when he got back from vacation. And I said, well, 
hmm, I guess it wasn't stress after all, Mel, was it? And the look on his face was just like, how dare you like question my authority? And I was like, I just know myself and I know my body better than you do. So don't sell me the stress diagnosis because it's bullshit. But that's what they literally do to everybody nowadays mm-hmm. all the time. It's to sell you pills. A hundred percent. That's what you get when you have a medical industry that's completely run by the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, you have you have chronic headaches. Right. Oh, 100%. you uh, you don't you don't feel good, or you're you're you have fatigue, yeah. or you this or that. Let's get you on some uh, SSRIs right now. Let's get you them depression meds. Let's do right. this. Let's do that. You know, it's like always trying right. to dope people up on shit that makes them crazy. And uh, you know, I've I've been a big proponent right. of saying, uh, you know, in the past I've taken. Uh, you know, depression medications and stuff like that. And frankly, they make you feel terrible. Uh, they make you feel down on on yourself, worse. you know, suicidal, yeah. worse, you know, and yeah. um, one of the top side effects. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I mean, you know, you yeah. if you look at like a lot of the people who do heinous fucking shootings and stuff, you know, school shootings and, and all this other stuff, there's there's one common thing between all these people. And they're always on SSRIs. They're, they're always on, on like, meds. yeah, they're always on like yeah. Adderall and all this other shit. And it's like, they're always just doped up. They're right. nuts. They're going nuts. Like from this, from the pharmaceutical right. industry. <laughs> right. And the funny thing is that a lot of times when they make the diagnosis, they put patients on depression meds and then anti-anxiety meds. And those two categories of medications actually interact with each other because one of them is to pump you up and pump your system up and give you more energy and give you the desire to get up and do things. And the other one is a depressant where it's supposed to calm you down and like numb you and and lullify your system. And so you have those two things that are actually fighting together. And that is why when you have patients that are like, I don't feel any better. I don't feel like my meds are working. And the doctor's like, oh, let's increase them or let's add another one. It's because those medications are never meant to interact with each other. And those two diagnoses do not go together because you cannot be in a state of excitement and a state of depression at the same time. It's not that your body is not capable of doing that. And so when you take those two medications that are constantly butting heads, it puts your body in a state of disbalance so that your body is constantly freaking out. It doesn't know what to do. And so you'll have those minutes where you're God awful sleepy. And then the next minute you're like, want to get up and run a marathon and then you mm-hmm. crash. It's because your body doesn't know what to do because your meds are doing the opposite like speedball and that's a (laughs) that's a common thing and those the people that are on the boat the both types of medication they never feel any better they never get any better so they just keep adding more which just causes the constant cycle where your body just feels like it's pooping out because you're in a state of like disbalance so often that you don't know what to do and so you you sleep all the time or you have periods at night where you can't sleep at all so you know but kudos to the medical industry because that is fantastic diagnosing right there I've, I've, I've called modern medicine quackery and 
before. It is quackery. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure it's total. It's 100 percent of my medicine. It's just complete quackery. I mean, yeah. I sp- I spent all this money. I spent yeah. all this money and to go to specialist, you. and it's just it's complete bullshit. You know, it's like you spend all this extra money for someone who's supposed to be an expert in their field, and right. it's no different than going to a general practitioner, and they're just like give you a general diagnosis. And they don't know. Yep. I mean, it's just bullshit. So, mm-hmm. right. Unspecified, unspecified anxiety or depression or whatever. And the only reason you're going to a specialist is because a specialist can charge a hell of a lot more money than a general practitioner can. So, there again, it's a little scam for the uh, medical industrial complex and the insurance companies because. You know, why pay $80 for a regular office visit when you can go somewhere and they can charge 350 for the mm-hmm. same kind of thing? Yeah, oh, why? Just more. a guinea pig anyway. Why use, why use things like, uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine and, you know, ivermectin when you can uh, give us billions of dollars for a vaccination that doesn't work, you know? Same kind of fucking thing. <laughs> exactly. Pump up the yeah. death numbers by not treating and that's anybody the only... for months before the vaccine. Go ahead, Gina. Yeah, and and the funny thing is that um, the data is so manipulated because anybody that's ever worked in healthcare and had to report in the VAERS system knows how to pull data from VAERS um, because it's required for your reporting for your facility that you know what kind of information that you've put in there and also follow-ups on those patients that you did report on. And they have manipulated the data and changed the data so much within the last month that now you can't get accurate deaths counts because it'll tell you there's too many lines of data and only like 10,000 lines are available but there's like 20,000 or 21,000, whatever. Please go ahead and refine your search by like race. Well, guess what? Then you can't get it by race because that is no longer an option. You can't get it by age. You can't get it by gender. You can't get it by a lot of things, which means that they're hiding the data because you should always have access to that as a healthcare provider. It's, it's mandatory that you have that because you have to have follow-ups on your patients. And if you can't get in and see the data, then they can't accurately report numbers. And so they're falsifying shit, just like they just got busted for reporting on um, Florida. And then f- the Florida Health Department was like, actually, those numbers are wrong. Like, I don't know where you're getting the numbers that you're reporting but that's false because here's the actual data and they keep doing it and they're doing it with, you know, child admissions or unvaccinated admissions. But then when you actually go and and find the actual data that hospitals are reporting or even um, like ICU beds, things like that, you can find that actual real data and it doesn't support anything the government is saying. They've been using percentages this whole time to cover up the, when they say like COVID war beds are 90% full. It's because there's 10 beds and not, there's nine people <laughs> right. there. Right. When Fauci 
what he, uh, he like hundreds of thousands, but the like or ninety nine percent of all uh, COVID victims weren't vaccinated, but they were counting from the beginning. And even though there was a mild correction right. on that, people just kept running with like that before number. the vaccine but, came out. Yeah, yeah, from the beginning, <laughs> since they figured out it was COVID, that's what that ninety nine percent comes from, which is yeah, ridiculous. But, uh, I've yeah. been going to open bears for a while because... now. I, it's uh, it, they got attacked the, or something, so they're not able to update data for a while. Yeah, wink, wink. Unless yeah, yes. in the Russians. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> I bet it was the same Russians that took Hunter Biden's new laptop. Right. I bet it was. <laughs> they they the sneaky little bastards. The political boogeyman. Watch out for that shit. Again. Maybe we'll get some good James Bond movies again. <laughs> That's about the only thing you can hope for out of all hey, this. Hey, yeah, that's well, not yeah. remade. Right, right. Yeah, that's Russia from Russia with Love, Part Two. I will say, guys, uh, we're exactly we're, we're dealing with a little uh, stream delay here, so it, we're I swear we're not being rude and talking over yeah. Janet. It's just there's a little bit of stream delay here, and uh, also I'll take this time. Yeah. Um, Dregs in chat there. Uh, one of my boys I hang out with in a music community. He told me uh, to go ahead and give him a shout out. And uh, so fuck you, Dregs. There you go. <laughs> F- we'll say fuck you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Odyssey's working for us right now, so that's awesome. We got people showing up. Yeah, Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey's kind of. I mean, you know, it with all the issues that's going on in YouTubers, especially for people in our community, um, uh, this is probably the best, you know, alternative I can think of. Um, it's a decently big site. Um, you know, the idea of getting paid in cryptocurrency is pretty nice too. Uh, we can promote our own videos with the cryptocurrency. That way, we're not lost in an algorithm because we don't have millions of followers or whatever else. I mean, it's just it's a lot more beneficial for a startup okay. content creator too, and that's that's just a big deal. You know, they're they're really doing it right over here. So they don't seem to have a hard on for censorship. Yeah, it's always a plus. Right network. <laughs> you want to hear something funny about hard on? Yeah, ready for this. <laughs> Okay, so I had to chuckle because right before um, you guys sent me the link to come on the show, I'm going through my emails, and I usually get shit tons of emails every day, and one of them that I get was, make yourself not flaccid. Here, come and buy these pills to make your life rock hard, and I was just like, flaccid? Like me, I have a penis now, obviously, um, because now I'm getting uh, emails about uh, getting the pill. So, well, di- well didn't you know women her. women have a penis now? That's a, that's if, that that normal women have a penis. Yeah. If the internet spam companies went the SJW route, they had to just start sending everything to everybody. Yeah. They can't select gender anymore. It's got to be great. Well, who are you to assume your own? No, so I have a hard on. <laughs> I know, right? Pills, you will. Hey, and that's yeah, and that's the great thing about um, society nowadays, and how all the shit is tied together and stuff. And one of the countries 
is now stating that four-year-olds can choose their own gender and can choose whether they want to have reassignment surgery or not. Really? And I was like a four-year-old that can't even get out of the no stage is going to mm-hmm. tell you that they want to be something else. Can't even tie Just your shoes. Stop. Well, that's they haven't. Such they, a bullshit. Yeah, they haven't. No, you know, they, they haven't went they through puberty. They don't even know how to wipe their own butt good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they haven't went out of puberty. They haven't developed any kind of secondary sexual characteristics at that point. I mean, you know. Right. It's insane to think that uh, even people in their teens going through hormonal times in their life can make that kind of decision, let alone someone that young. That's insane. If we were a sensible, right. sensible society, you know, none of this shit would be, uh, none of this would work. The, this only works because there's psychotic parents out there who are willing right. to torture and ruin their kids for just virtue signaling. I know it's like Munchausen by proxy and a bunch of, it's confusing that parents would, would go along with this stuff at all. They don't see the harm behind I it. I was going to say sick pleasure. Yeah. Maybe it's... that's inappropriate, but we know what kind of society um, we live in nowadays and how it's acceptable to assault children and abuse children and now teach masturbation to four-year-olds and six-year-olds and Sodomy. teach them that, you know, it's okay if an adult touches them and things like that. So, yeah, to me, it's just a sick pleasure society which I think is disgusting. Yeah, it's... Uh, As a parent, I just... The, well, we're, we're hitting... Right. I completely stuff. have the burps. Okay. <laughs> well, we're, we're hitting gonna, points, I'm too. I'm going to let a burp rip one of these moments. Oh, that's fine. Let it, let it you're go. In, you're points. in the right company. Yeah, yeah. You just oh, let it no. Go. You don't even know. It's going to be really loud. Like, I made blackened stuff for dinner. Yeah, I'm <laughs> drinking beer. So, ooh, yeah. Like, if I have to keep top talking while I'm talking, it's because I'm trying to burp under my breath and be a ladylike. <laughs> <laughs> I know, totally out of character, right? Uh. Uh, but no, I mean, a lot of this shit too, these, these, these Hollywood freaks, you know, they're, a lot of them are parading their kids around, um, transgender shit now too. I, yeah. I, I think it, what is it? The guy who played, um, Wolverine or somebody like that, uh, you know, he's got two, yeah, he, yeah, he's got two daughters now. And I mean, they're, they're fucked. They're under 10 years old, you know, and they're, they're boys who are, they're dressing up and, um, you know, there's a lot of weird pictures, you know, that that circle around, especially on 4chan of like the kids on their knees with their scooter handle, you know, going like that. And it's just like, man, you got to wonder like where the fuck, you know, what the fuck's going on in that situation. So <laughs> uh, that made me a little sick. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but as a parent, like anybody that harms children I wish I could just hunt you down myself and take care of that problem because I don't know what it is where people are trying to normalize that behavior. I don't get it. It's like every slippery slope argument that was ever made. Most 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, people thought it was crazy when you would say something like, well, um, you know, you legalize gay marriage, which I personally I don't see a problem with, but it's like the the beginning argument for a lot of conservatives in the back of the day was you, you start legalizing that and then they'll legalize, you know, zoo, zoophilia next, and right. then they'll legalize pedophilia and they'll legalize right. this. And I mean, I, they're not wrong. They're I mean, skipping this, over to this, pedophilia though. Like we can't sell bestiality. <laughs> we can't sell that. We gotta. We gotta. We just. We gotta go straight to kitty diddling. Straight to pedos. But an internet meme it, that we but showed you know, on the they... last show has gotten me to form my new nightly prayer, which is, "Dear God, please let me kill tyrants and pedos." <laughs> mind over matter. Right. I would totally join the forces for that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a crusade I could get behind. But you know, that is, you were talking about um, the philias. And I will say, if you go to the WHO website um, and research on their school programs, um, the philias are being added to school curriculum. Um, it's a very, very lengthy document. It's like 87 pages or some shit. Uh, but those are all normalized because now part of your gender identity is actually sexual pleasure. And so all of the failures, all of the fetishes, all of that stuff um, is now being grouped into your gender identity. Ugh. <laughs> yes. Uh. Oh, and it's it's on their website. I like my daughter thought I was joking and because she's in her social work master's program and she's like, oh, mom, like there's no way. And uh, I'm like, oh, oh God. It's, it's really? Here's the I, document. Like my daughter thought I was joking. Oops. Yeah, that's a little loop back there real quick. <laughs> Where are you going now? That was yeah. weird. <laughs> echo, echo. <laughs> I've seen the... Uh, the children of friends totally poisoned like uh my buddy as a kid got an ex-wife and this ex-wife along with the school programming like i got to sort of watch the whole process for, from an observer's point of view and she just bought in completely mm -hmm. in the kids early teens he's been on hormones his life's fucking over um it's right it's disgusting 50 percent 50 percent yeah, it, 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 it that's the thing too is they don't realize how destructive it is in the sense of like your virtue signaling to all these leftist ideas and all this, you know, trying to be the liberal and open parent and allow your kids to do this and do that when uh you know, we've breached over the 50% level now that uh transgender people commit suicide on average. So I mean, you're you're setting your kid up for right. you know, a chance to to be in the fucking grave or failure you know? <laughs> it's, it's the, and it is because it. go on sorry no go ahead oh uh, yeah no, uh shit i just forgot what it was oh how they jump it like uh the <laughs> girl wants to play with trucks so it's a boy or the girl the boy wants to play with dolls so like that first day they do it they start pushing them into the other gender role whatever the hell it's called now. But you know what is, is so funny because like when I grew up, um, I had an older brother and an older sister. 
And so, you know, we were like all into sports. Um, my brother had a huge matchbox car collection. So, you know, I was constantly into that with him and naked race tracks and all that stuff and hunting and fishing and everything that would qualify me under the terms nowadays as a boy. I just enjoy that shit more because I hate female stuff, the traditional sense of what people think it is like the theater and going to get your hair did and your nails did and all that stuff. I hate that <laughs> shit. I hate, I hate that stuff. <clears throat> and I'm just like, I would rather pull all of my nails off with a pair of needle nose pliers than to have to go through, sit, through like the theater or the opera or something like that. That's torture to me. I, I don't enjoy that. I mean, send me to see uh, a metal band or something and I would be super happy. Just mm-hmm. don't send me to the theater. Yeah. Tomboy. No. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, First, growing yeah up, tomboy. definitely tomboys. And that was, that was normal. <laughs> it wasn't like weird to be a tomboy. If you were a girl, yeah. you were just easier to hang out with yeah. as a young guy. That's one crusade exactly. 4chan gets yep. on a lot nowadays is uh, you, you took our tomboys from us. You Now you're telling them yeah. all they need to be trans. We love tomboys. <clears throat> That's another argument right. from the lesbian community because lesbians are actually pretty based and they're just seeing like a generation of young lesbians being turned into men and completely ruined. And the, what's it? The yeah, trans see, exclusionary I'm, I'm radical the feminists. Old mm-hmm. Right. And see, I, I hate feminists too. Um, you give women a really bad name and I don't appreciate it as a female because, uh, if I want to fucking cook or clean the house or do chores or whatever, it's because I want to, not because someone is making me and you're screaming that you don't have equal rights. You are so full of shit, like absolutely (laughs) full of shit. There's no right that you don't have that a man has so stop with your bullshit do they have to sign draft cards now do they do that get put into place girls Um, having to sign draft cards uh, they're talking about it i don't know if they actually signed it into law not but i've heard about that yeah well that does happen then we have the same rights because right now if that isn't passed you actually have more rights than we do because well, well i mean they do vote. there's there's plenty of girls with penises that sign the draft card now <laughs> <I'm peeing. laughs> and it's not me even though they sent me the flaccid pill uh <laughs> literature today yeah it's not me i don't have a penis that's a made-up rumor yeah <laughs> i just want to say that really i do have big balls lists. but i don't have a dick <laughs> mailing list double i know These right guys must be going I, nuts i, I always I always get the, um, it's time for you to enroll in AARP benefits. And I'm like, dude, I know I'm older than most, but I am not at that age yet. So well, I yeah, don't I'm, need AARP benefits yet. I'm 38 and, and I get those emails all the time. I get Medicare uh, emails at, at two at 38 years old. I, just, I don't understand how some of these algorithms work. Um, if it's some of the stuff that I'm looking at on Google or, or what, but 
which I mean, I could, I could kind of understand some of the stuff, you know, with uh, where I was taking care of my grandfather for so many years. So there was like a lot right. of Medicare stuff that I would, I would look up uh, under my email right, and things yeah. like that. And maybe there you that, go. that kind of tricked the algorithm, but yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of wild. Algorithm. It's garbage in, garbage out. I yeah. was going to say, they're looking at mine going, she typed in all of my joints hurt and I feel old as shit. And they're like, Oh my God, Medicare info. Let's send it. You know, just a second ago when, when uh, we were talking about the uh, uh, more, I guess the pedophilia thing, an article had popped up uh, that was talking about North Carolina and I grew up in North Carolina, but they're uh, introducing a bill now apparently North Carolina is like the place to go if you want to uh, marry an underage bride. And uh, so the proposed legislation would raise the minimum marriage age from 14 to 16 and limit the age difference between a 16 year old and their spouse to four years. So as of right now, you can, you can uh, go to North Carolina at 50 years old and marry a 14 year old. Um, I have no, yeah it's, it's yeah no yeah hard no it's, to that one you know it's one of those things i'm i'm single and uh you know 38 years old i don't think that i could date somebody that was under 35 honestly it's um you know i mean just the 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 difference the way our outlook on life i would say i mean i can look back at when i was in my 20s and uh, it's it's completely night and day from uh, the the perspective I have on uh, the way this world works. Um, but yeah, I just mm-hmm. I I do not see what um, and unless it's for some type of uh, sick sexual satisfaction, what you would have in common with somebody over a ten year age difference. I just I don't get it. The older I get, the I'm just, more intolerable I'm just gonna... people that are younger than me get. Like the percentage <laughs> goes up and up the more years in between us. Right. So I'm just gonna say I am 50, and um, even if I was not married, and if I was super desperate, I would not look at a child and be like, hmm. I better take you to North Carolina because I want to yeah. get married. Yeah, no, no. Or or they look good and I want to hump. No, Ugh, yeah, no. that's you know even that is the just, age. I don't, I don't get it. <clears throat> no, the age that, that I'm at now, that is like crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, one of the, I don't uh, understand. I one, think uh, one of the last right in the water. Yeah, one of the last girls that I dated, she uh, she had an 18 year old daughter, and I looked at her daughter as a little kid. You know, I mean, it was, I mean, she was a child to me at 18, at 18 of legal age, and that's you know that's just what kind of blows me away about all of it. Um, and like I said, it's just for. I guess sexual satisfaction is the only thing that uh, I could even, I mean, that doesn't justify it, but I mean, at least I can wrap my head around why they're doing it, you know, but um, it is being normalized. I mean, at least North Carolina, there's somebody that they're trying to fight back against something that is obviously wrong. They're not doing it the right way, but, but still it's, you know, in my opinion, a step forward. 
and it's sort of bringing attention to the issue yeah. not, or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like how many mormons are in south carolina or north carolina rather it's like there's a lot of child brighting in that little sect <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the horror stories you hear about that shit the elders hoarding wives and pushing out all the young men just imagine being a woman in that sort of society yeah, I have a friend. I have a friend who, uh, who's you know in his thirties that was dating a nineteen-year-old for a while. You know, legal age, nothing lawfully wrong with it, but uh, you know, it just goes back to the thing like him talking about the problems they have with each other and the disconnect of like generations and interest right. and all this other stuff, and it's just like you know, right. well, fuck. I mean, it, you, you're you're uh, like girls that age. Uh, you know, when you're a grown ass man, like they're stupid. They they don't they don't have any experience. They act stupid. They fucking they're annoying. They're you right. know fixated on the phone and TikTok and stupid shit like that. And it's like I I don't know how you could have anything in common with somebody like that. <laughs> when I was in my late duck 20s, face I, selfies. Yes, duck <laughs> face. I mean, in my late twenties and up until I turned thirty, I was dating this girl but she was the bartender at my bar and she started working out working there and we started going out it wasn't until after i found out that she was 21 she just become able to start working at the bar so janet the the 80s That's and the because, 90s yeah oh go, go ahead finish finish your thought there yeah. because it's going to kind of change I, I was, change the topic yeah no i was just gonna finish up with what hammer said and say it's really hard to tell nowadays because with all of the hormones and things that kids are getting through foods and you know milk and all that stuff um kids look so much more mature than what their actual age is now and i would think especially being in a bar situation um and meeting somebody it would be really hard to know like how old they really are because there are teenagers that look like they're in their 20s so i figured the bartender was fair game well yeah i mean shit like there's even my my you know my niece um you know when she was 12 years old she'd already had you know large size breasts and uh you know starting to get an adult figure and stuff and it's like jesus man like there's a lot of hormones in these fucking exactly. chicken. Like the, the girls did not look exactly. like this when I was a kid. Like you know, I was five two until I was seven. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was flat as a board at that age. I'm sorry. It, it, you don't have. Oh to be, boy. There are no more. You know the the awkward girl who's the only one who has tits. Now they all have tits, so they fit in. They don't have that early like exactly. All right, Dusty, take us the fuck away from this topic, please. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, since since uh, Janet dropped your age on us. Speaking uh, of tits. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, something that uh, kind of always uh, intrigues me on on one, um, mm-hmm. like I said, you, you dropped your age. So I, I guess where I'm going to take it is, is back mm-hmm. to the 80s and the 90s. You know, I was born in 1983, so I, I caught a little bit of the 80s. I mean, you know, I can I could go back and be nostalgic about things, especially with the 90s growing up then. But with, for me. Yeah, with me being as young as I was at the time, um, obviously my perspective on the world was a lot different. 
So I, I guess my question is, right. you know, like, when did you wake up to like all the, the actual like craziness that was going into the world? If you, I mean, if we want to chalk it up and say that, you know, more uh, conspiratorial type stuff or, or just that, especially with politicians, that everything was a game. Um, like you're being lied to. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, exactly. That, that we're being lied to. So, I mean, I can look at the eighties did with you growing up. Cause I know it was in my twenties, a little after nine 11 is kind of when I woke up to things. Um, so did you see things like that in the eighties and the nineties or were the eighties and the nineties as good for you as they were for me? Or, I mean, were they just generally, uh, good back then? Better. Well, here's here's me in a nutshell <clears throat> i am the black sheep of the family um i've always been very like questioning and you know if, if i was told to do something i'd be like why that doesn't make sense yeah. or if a teacher is trying to tell me things are one way i'd be like what no uh that's yeah no like show me where that actually happened no i mean actually show me where that happened and so at the time, you know, growing up, I went to Catholic school. Ooh, I got in a lot of trouble <laughs> in Catholic school. And I was taught by nuns and they don't like to be questioned. And so you get a lot of uh, knuckle cracking with the ruler and, you know, paddling and you know, punishment, uh, like actual punishment. I grew up in the era of punishment, um, you know. And so I would question my parents all the time. My parents are completely opposite of me. Um, very staunch Democrat, very like, oh no, the, it's like for the people, whatever. And it's a, they're the working party and, you know, whatever. And I was like, nah, just what they say is just not and of course the town i grew up in was like super heavy democrat and i was like always hated politics just because of that and i was like what they're saying is bullshit like you can look this stuff up it's bullshit and so the only good part of the 80s growing up for me was the music um i loved the music scene even though you know a lot of the hair bands and stuff they always talk about like screwing underage girls and all yeah. of that stuff but that's the kind of music i grew up on and that's you know just the way it was that's the way i you know i grew up i like that kind of music i still like that kind of music i like rock and metal and um you know and that's just i've always been that way and always been very yeah no you're like full of shit um type of type of person and I will I've always been like I will call you out on your horse shit and you know that kind of gets you in trouble sometimes mm -hmm. but hard to make friends. I wouldn't change a thing <laughs> but uh, that yeah. means you have to be lying well, to people all the know. time right yeah and see that's not me and that's why when people are like oh, god you shouldn't cuss or you should like tone it down or whatever and I'm like no because that's just me and I'm glad I'm me and I'm proud I have a voice and 
I don't really have a bag of fucks to give if somebody gets offended or not. Sorry, not sorry. Aren't we all sort of aiming at offending people in some way or another? This is the information war that we're fighting right now. Our bullets are insults, sort of, or the truth, really. And they find the Mm -hmm. truth violent and insulting. Right. Yeah, just the idea of polite society. Right. And and part of like the question that you asked, um, one of the big things back then was censorship of music and Mm -hmm. how it must be like Satan worshipers or whatnot commit crimes because they're listening to lyrics on on cds or tapes it was tapes back then yeah and then it moved to cds later most people don't even know what the hell a tape is but you know and then it was like tipper gore comes out and blaming like (laughs) motley Crue and everybody else for you know deviant behavior you know thank god for d schnatter use aquanet back then yeah. And that's the funny thing is like growing up in the 80s, one of the big scams that they always pushed um, because Aquanet was the big hairspray back then. Aquanet was causing a hole in the ozone. In the ozone. And we yep. were all going to burn to death. Yep. Yep. And so we had to kill the Aquanet brand. Yeah. You couldn't, um, you couldn't do aquanet anymore because it was gonna like cut a hole in the ozone kill everybody and then it was um the polar ice caps are melting and i don't know and another big thing back then was uh spontaneous combustion Mm -hmm. uh like everybody was spontaneously combusting and that was a big thing and i'm like the the fuck i'm like that does not happen um, that's like a directed energy weapon. That is, yeah, that's not a normal occurrence for somebody to just burst into flames. So, You'd have to bullshit. tune in uh, on Wednesday nights uh, and watch the latest <laughs> episode of Unsolved Mysteries and, and get your your daily dose of the or weekly dose of the spontaneous combustion. Did they sort of figure Walter out Cronkite was like the news person and Dan Rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they would say. Like there were people walking down the street and they would just spontaneously combust and burst into flames and disintegrate. And I'm like, I'm like, "Mm, that's bullshit. You know, so even our news with like Walter Conkright and um, Dan Rather back then, like, you knew it was bullshit. Like everything they said was bullshit. And um, 60 minutes was a big thing. Mm. And now, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Harvey. And now you know the rest of the story. You know, and I'm just like, "Mm." yeah, like all the stuff that people are talking about is just crap. It was a lot easier to brainwash the masses back then with the uh, the limited amount of uh, media that that was actually out there. Yeah. Three channels. There was three channels. And so... Yeah. So like if you're a kid after school, you could watch um, Wonder Woman, uh, a He-Man cartoon and Scooby-Doo. And that was pretty much about it. Yeah. And then at night it was like um, Dallas and uh, what was the other one? 
Knots Landing and MASH. Uh, MASH was a big thing, so all about the war and uh, stuff. And uh, that's that was pretty much it, other than the new shows. So nothing exciting at all. And you actually had to get off of your ass and go change the TV because mm-hmm. there was no remote. And we didn't have I microwave ovens stuff. either. Yeah. Mm. Well, so my dad got her first microwave from the dump. (laughs) 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 Fucking Hoover with a a, put the paint peeling off on on the inside. (laughs) Well, we actually we didn't didn't have a microwave. We had a radar range until yeah. We didn't. We didn't have. we didn't have a microwave until I want to say I was like 15 or 16. Um, we didn't have air conditioning in cars because that was like a luxury thing. And so, yeah, like every time we would take a long road trip, uh, there was no air in the car. So that was a lot of fun. If you're driving like eight hours, that was peaches. Yeah. I still don't have AC in my truck. Myself. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you know, you you brung up cassette tapes, and uh, that's something. Oh yeah. The way the way that music's put out now, even I remember, like I said, being born in '83. Um, you know, I I was buying cassettes, and you know, went over from cassettes to CDs, but having to wait on music to come out, being able to look in the back, uh, yeah, like on in the sleeves of uh, cassette tapes to see when new music was coming out from yep. that artist and then actually going and buying the stuff yep. at the store physically, you know, that's yep. something that, that kids today waiting will, in I mean, line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a big thing, you know, and if you weren't there early enough, everything may, may be sold out, you know, and uh, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of yep. shit out of luck, but I mean, that's, that's something true. that, that kids yeah, now will, will never so understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't know yeah. it's like a step and those, on one of their and it's so Ruin it forever. Yeah. I, I may have done that a time or two tapes. or sat on one. <laughs> yes, know, that was fun. And you do that with pencils. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. You do that with pencils. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, put the eraser in these kids are missing out on. Tape player would actually eat it. <laughs> yeah. You guys ever seen that that show where they take like gadgets from the past and like have people try to figure yes. out what to do with them? No. Oh my a, god, that's so that's hilarious. Like the rotary phone, you know, and it was like, okay, here's the phone number. Like any this guy's telling these kids, he's like, if you can call this number here that I'm gonna give you, like I'll give you however much money it was. And they're like, ah trying to like push like the buttons and of course with the rotary phone that's not how it works and then like they would dial one and then they click the thing and like, there's no <laughs> dial tone because yeah, you just hung up the call <laughs> my parents still have a rotary phone in their house just saying yeah <laughs> i grew up i grew, oh, I grew boy, up in the red the red state issue one familiar with the rotary phone Y'all well, never, my never forget. My step. Yeah, I was gonna say I never forget walking around the house like as a kid with the uh, 
you know, the super long extension cord whenever yeah. rotary phones did end and you just like, yeah. you didn't have wireless. So you, you had yeah. like a 20 foot cable. that was one of the kinky cables that you just stretched out halfway across the house. <laughs> and you're walking around in the corner, it. like trying to hide in the bathroom. <laughs> Someone could pick up the phone on the other end and listen to your conversations. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man, I can't tell you how many times there was as a teenager to where you you would be on the phone and in a conversation and you would hear like that pickup. Even if somebody tried to do it quietly, you would know. And uh both of you would just stop talking. And you know, listening. <laughs> 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 yeah, who 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 just picked up the phone? Or I'm I'm on the phone, you know, it was, it was one of those things, but uh, my step parent or well, my, my stepdad, his parents actually up until just recently, and I thought they'd still had it installed, but they had a rotary phone that was actually like uh, hard lined into the house. Like it didn't have the little mm-hmm. adapter. So it went straight out to the telephone yep. pole and my, my parents were in recently and uh, I'd went over there and I, I'd ask if they still had the phone, but they, they had it taken out uh, a couple of years back. But uh, I thought that they still had the thing. I know, God, it was less than 10 years ago. They still had, had it hard lined in. So, I mean, you couldn't do anything if I guess if the phone broke, it broke, but it was one of those, you know, uh, things made back then they, they never broke. So. That's it's funny. Like, I mean, even with the age difference, we, the commonalities of our life experience, uh, we we like all came from a similar time and right now is just so vastly different mm-hmm. from the world that we all grew up in mm-hmm. i mean i wasn't Definitely. plugged into a screen 24 7 until i was already i was already in my teens when that process started but they're coming out of the womb and they're just giving them a tablet i mean it leads to quieter kids well, i still remember action. i still remember my first computer uh, you know with the old big ass the crt monitors and everything was it was a it was a packard bell 486 and it was before the so that that'll tell you how old it is simply because the uh you know that was before the split so packard bell ain't even a thing anymore and you know you would you would try to download a game or something uh and someone would call the house and pick up like ma get off the phone i'm trying to download the game <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> we all experienced that. Uh-huh. Hey, we used to have one of the very first um, Apple or well, it was an Apple back then. It was called Macintosh um, computers. And it was when there was literally nothing on your computer. You had to learn how to run DOS. Mm-hmm. And so they basically like taught us like a DOS class in in junior high to like put in basic very basic programming dos language to be able to get your computer to do anything and then it couldn't do anything fantastic so it was kind of like pointless to have because you couldn't get it to to actually work to do anything so well you had to actually learn how to use a computer it Uh, wasn't helpful you know like right now i'm a you know and that's not me yeah. Yeah, I'm a, like I'm a Linux user as well and uh the, it's kind of the same principle still with Linux today. There is there is a, G, a GUI, graphical user interface, but uh you know everything on the on it is kind of still done like 
old school DOS, you know, like uh, it's it's you use a terminal mm -hmm. and you use commands to, you know, get apps and um, right. compile the binaries and, you know, um, you know, make a create a library for things yep. that don't exist. And then, like I said, download and, and create and compile the binaries and do everything with it. So you're still I mean, it's the, the entire operating system is still based upon using that terminal and, and knowing all those commands and uh you know it it reminds you of using an old computer but Don't there's actually back in time i mean there's a lot of power in it i mean if you if you you learn that stuff it 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 there's, there's a lot more benefit to the user than a windows system but you know it 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 is it's just like the old days you know you actually have to know how to use a fucking computer it ain't just given to you Yeah, and I will uh, bow out of that because I am not a programmer. I hate tech stuff. Um, that's why I don't I don't do video. I don't release stuff everywhere, and I don't like hook in D Live and any of that stuff. I just don't because whoo, yeah, like it's too much for me. It's too timing time consuming for me in my everyday life to just even want to sit down and learn all of that stuff. Like Bob tried to show me like OBS one time and how to link in like Periscope and D live and all these other things. And I'm like, mm, mm, that's going to require a whole lot more beer and a lot of other things that would satisfy my situation. If I'm going to have to sit there that long. No, mm -hmm. yeah, no. I'm still that's trying not to figure thing. out Instagram. I don't need to know that stuff. Yeah, things like <clears throat> Twitter. Too, and you know the. <laughs> I was gonna say that just... like the funny thing. Mm -hmm. When they first told me I had to get an Instagram, they're like, "Okay, we'll start out by posting just a picture," and so I'm like fiddling around, fucking around, trying to figure out like how to even do that because I'd never been on there before. I'm not a you know. Um, what do you call those influencer? Right. Nothing like that. So I'm like, I like I'm a retard. I don't know how to do this stuff. And so like somebody had sent me this picture of this little old lady and it's like, hello, is this thing on? And she's like tapping the computer. So I tried to post it and it literally cut off like half the picture because I didn't know you had to like <laughs> downsize it. And so they're like, oh, my God, that's so funny leave it up there and then i finally figured out like how to make it smaller i had to course look that up and like how to size a picture <laughs> like i reposted it and i'm like oh i'm slowly learning <laughs> here's the whole picture yeah people were like people were like laughing at me and i'm like dude like when i went to school like we didn't have computers we didn't learn that kind of stuff other than that one DOS class, which was like the teacher that taught it didn't even know what the hell DOS was. Just not like I learned anything. I mean, we actually learned on a typewriter and we mm -hmm. still like learn cursive and all of that stuff. So like tech has never been my thing. And I think for me, when tech started becoming a huge thing, that's when we lost people. And that's when we mm -hmm. lost that like, really important human connection because like 
You don't have to break up face to face anymore and be brave. You can do it through a text message or, you know, like, I don't have to like, I don't have to like really uh, go and visit my family. I, like I can just text them or I can call, you know, same thing with like the medical offices when they went to electronic records, Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to have that face-to-face important connection with people anymore because you got to turn your back to them most of the time to like type while they're talking to you. That's why I hate tech. Like I just hate it. I think it ruined our society. I think there's an extreme irony in technology and that irony being that never before in the history of humankind have we had the ability to be connected with more people, you know, globally, share information, right. share pictures, play right. games together, do whatever. But at the same time, like you were saying, never have people been so more disconnected, you know, in a human sense. And it's just, it's just the great irony of, of, of the technological age. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan right. of technology and stuff. You know, I, I, I love it. Um, I've, do amateur programming and fuck around with computers and do all this other stuff. And, you know, I love producing this show and fucking with audio and doing all this other stuff. I mean, I love tech, but it's like, it, it is, I mean, it has been a detriment and I think it's like any other kind of, you know, new innovation that comes out, um, in human history. And there's the sense that there's an adjustment period. And I think, you know, throughout history, Mm -hmm. Uh, technological innovation has grown at a rate that people were able to catch up with it. And it wasn't that much of an, it didn't have that extreme of an impact on societies. We're now, um, we've hit a point where technology outpaces even what we can learn for the most part. Like something new comes out, you know, every few months, every six months, every year. And having just an overwhelming you know it's just overwhelming you know you're you're putting all that on a human society that had you know never experienced it we evolutionary you know on an evolutionary Mm -hmm. standpoint we were never built to you know deal or have these kind of things or these kind of luxuries or anything like that so and there hasn't been a long enough adjustment period and i think that you're seeing the effects of that on society in in a really negative way and especially, you know, Dr. raising. Ted saw this coming. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah, mentioning Ted. Boy, that's a, uh, that's that's gonna get us on the watch list. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're already on one because you're recording with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, mentioning Lucky Ted Kaczynski you. on a fucking stream probably didn't help. But <laughs> well, you mentioned him. I said Doctor Ted. Everybody knows who the fuck Doctor Ted is, and in relation to technology, let's be honest. Um, but. <laughs> You know, it, it just is. It's a it's it's you know, you, you put a bunch of, you know, technology in the hands of kids that are growing up too, and they haven't had as much time as we have. Like we adjusted, we grew a lot most of us, we grew up in an age where technology was kind of just there. It is a bit more, you know, um esoteric, I guess you could say. Like it was just kind of in the ether. Uh, it didn't really impact lives as hard. You know, there was a few convenience items here and there and whatever. But, you know, now everything, everybody's got to have an Instagram. Everybody's got to have a social media. If you have a brick and mortar business, you got to have all that stuff. You know, you got to have advertisement. You got to have, 
you know, your phones with you at all times. You got to have all this stuff. And it's like, um, you know, you think about it for people like us who are complaining about the fact that it's disconnected people, but we've had an adjustment period. It's like these kids are growing up with just this and knowing just this and they have no reference, you know? So, and, and this has kind of been one of my things that I've said for a while. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think there's a lot of validity in the idea that there's a rise in autism in society. You know, people specifically when they're talking about it is like a lot of people have Asperger type traits and uh, and have, you know, inability for social interaction and stuff. I don't necessarily think that there's a mass societal impact where autism rates have just soared. I think you literally have kids who grow up with no socialization, no skills in that, in that, you know, facet. And a big part of it is because of the technology that they grow up with in their hands and they don't interact Mm -hmm. with people anymore. They don't, everything's a text message. Everything's a call. Everything's a chat over the internet. They don't go outside and play. They don't go outside and interact with peers, you know, Um, the social part of socializing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kids commit suicide and stuff right. at a, at a young exactly. age because, you know, uh, they get bullied a little bit and they can't take it and they just cave, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it, it, it in a way it's like, you know, people would say it's the pussification of people, but it's like we haven't really changed that much. It's more or less that, you know, when we grew up, you know, you got bullied, you dealt with it. You knew what it was like, and then, uh, you know, your pops told you, yeah, you could just go and punch that son of a bitch in the fucking mouth, and he'll leave you alone, and it's like... Exactly. You know? <laughs> so it's it's just a way different world for kids growing up now than it was, like, you know, in a, in a pre-hyper-technological society, so... Yeah, it's like... You know, but they also either. took out, like... Yeah, and they, they also took out, like... Um, punishment and you can't spank your kids in public and you can't discipline even if they're fucking having a major meltdown in the store and destroying shit like you can't discipline them um that had a severe impact because in the age that i grew up uh like they didn't have to touch me like ever they had that look like if you do that again you're dead look and it was fucking terrifying. I've, I've tried and tried and tried to master that with our kids. Wasn't successful. They just look at me and they <laughs> laugh. They're like, I, what the hell is that? Is that a flirt or what are you doing? I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Trying to be really scary. It didn't work. But, you know, it's like one of those things where it's such, such a different era because, um, like, if you messed up and got out of line... They'd shoot you that look first, and if you did it again, you got the belt on the butt, on the bare butt, so that it would welt, and you would never, ever attempt to do that again, or switch, um, or paddle at school uh, with holes drilled in it. Those were fun. Um, Those made lots of welts, too. But it's like, um, even your parents, like, if somebody's bullying you, like, well, it's your problem. A, either you're going to come home and tell me that it's done and you're not got a problem anymore or you're going to keep getting the shit beat out of you every day your choice like go ahead and now it's like you can't touch another kid like here's a case when my daughter was in junior high school this 
girl would literally bully her all the time. This girl ends up shoving my daughter down the stairs, which is a huge flight of stairs. They suspended my daughter, even though she got shoved down the stairs, because we have a zero tolerance policy in our school, mm -hmm. and those kind of things cannot be attempted. And I'm like, whoa, d dude. Like, she's bruised everywhere. She's got, like, possible broken bones, and you suspended her because someone else shoved her down the stairs. Could there be attempted and murder? I'm a... Yeah, this girl literally would not stop harassing her, and she was constantly attacking her, even after suspension and stuff. And I said, give me this girl's address, because I'm going to take care of this. The school doesn't want to, but I'm going to. I'm 5'2", super short, small stature, firecracker in a box, though. Um, I went to this girl's house. And her dad comes outside, and he's like 6'5", like 385, big, burly, fucking jack dude in overalls. And he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, here to talk to you about your shitty daughter. <laughs> you know, and this guy's like, you better get off my property before I kick your ass. And I guess that's when my inner psycho kicked in. And I was just like... I am not scared of you. You motherfucker. You tell your fucking daughter to leave my child alone. Because if you don't, you're going to have to deal with me. And I am not a fucking joke. And after that, like, we never had a problem again. But we couldn't rely on the school. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, like, a Billy badass or anything. But I'm like, you know what? Like, the school's not doing shit. The liaison officer that they had didn't do shit the principal couldn't care less and i'm like all right it's gonna like never end and it's gonna escalate until she gets really really hurt until i do something and so yeah i just Schools had to take matters to into my own behavior. hand because they wouldn't do anything yeah they wouldn't do anything and it's like this girl would like bring a switchblade to school and was like threatening to cut her up all the time and shit. And I'm like, all right, she's going to end up stabbing my daughter to death at school. And they just do not care. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Crazy. Well, you can't, there's, yeah, it's like you're saying, um, I was actually going to bring that up before you got into that is just, there's no, there's no deal of self-defense and in, in a school setting, like, yeah, like self-defense mm -hmm. is not something that's, that's, right encouraged or taught anymore you're supposed to just be a fucking cuck and i i just don't i just don't understand that mentality you know if someone you know uh i've always gone by the idea of you know um speak softly and walk with a big stick you know it's like don't start shit with people don't be a problem for people but right. don't let people roll you over either you know i mean if someone's gonna start putting hands on you or hitting you in my right. opinion, you have a right to defend yourself. And I don't see how that is the kid's right. fault, you know, if they defend themselves and the other kid gets fucking hurt. You know, it's like, they well. They want victims. 
You know, they, right. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a society and a culture of victim, you know, of victims. Everybody's got to be a victim. And that's why it's our own value system. Well, yeah. And you see with you see it with the left big time it, with the victimhood complex, you know, everybody's disabled and everybody's depressed or, you know, or, or, or oppressed. I mean, and everybody's got a problem and everybody's this and everybody's that. And it's like, you know, I, <laughs> I just don't get it. You know, I don't get how, how society got that way with people been infiltrated by communists and they're trying to destroy us from within war by deception you know and and like i said you have some guy on the street come up to you you know even even as a grown-ass fucking adult outside of school written house written house yeah i mean jesus just look at that you know i mean talk about um textbook self-defense and what he's having to go through now and, you know, I mean, like the, the latest I heard, um, I saw one of his uh, attorneys uh, on um, some podcast the other day. But um, basically what he was getting to, it's all stuff like that. I don't, I don't know how the best way to word this, but it's, it's little things that they're trying to use to keep the case going. Like, yeah. like the uh, – uh, him illegally being in possession of a firearm you know crossing state lines yeah they make a big deal out of that i was actually explaining this situation or or just talking about how what a beautiful example of self-defense it was Mm -hmm. one of the people in the room was like he crossed state lines though no we didn't even if he did so yes so he did but he never brought the weapon he never brought the weapon over state lines he Mm -hmm. got it from somebody in the state who lawfully owned it it's not against the law for a fucking kid that age to have a rifle. Uh, I mean, well, and well, and the thing was that attorney he was bringing up the the fact that okay, so let's say that you're you're ten or you're twelve years old and there's a firearm sitting beside of you, and somebody is literally about to take your life. So you're saying because you're you're a twelve year old you can't pick up that firearm and defend yourself lawfully with it because of you know some mundane law you know having having to do with your age and and you being in possession of a firearm so okay i guess it's you know it's it's fine not to protect yourself you know it's just stuff like that is yeah be a victim it's it's crazy to me that these arguments are even being brought up they want a society full of victims, full of fucking cucks. Like, that's all there is <laughs> to it. Right. Fuck America. Right. Jenna, on, I agree. on, on uh, Instagram, uh, you know, with, with our, uh, mm-hmm. all of us being domestic terrorists now, uh, I know one of the comments that, that <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, but, yeah, but you would say. We'll round up now because we're all connected. Shout that's out to my fellow terrorist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> false flags were were one of the uh the things that you said that you can see a lot of false flags coming up right. i mean anything in particular that right. you have in mind um that they might try to roll out well, now? And here's here's why i said that because um think of like january 6th oh yeah and worse um, than 9-11 worse than how Pearl they Harbor. tried to make Civil that War. yeah because because patriot is a new um terrorist hate speech word uh, fuck off whatever um but you know it was like one of those things where if you're uh, 
about freedom and patriotism and the Constitution and legal rights and gun ownership and things like that or religion, um, you know. And so that's that's what they did with January 6th. And I mm-hmm. can completely see um, with other, you know, rallies coming up like the um, anti-mask rallies, anti-mandate uh, rallies, things like that, um, that they're going to do another one of those events. And they're going to blame just like the other day, there was a clash between, um, you know, anti-lockdown, anti-mandate um, people that were peacefully protesting an actual peaceful protest where they weren't um, burning down police stations with cops inside and, mm-hmm. you know, rioting and looting and burning cars and shit, Molotov cocktails, um, an actual peace, peaceful protest and Antifa showed up to clash with them. And I see a lot of that happening because we know that the real terrorist um, organizations, which are Antifa, uh, BLM, things of that nature, not saying everyone equated with BLM is a bad person. I'm saying the premise behind Mm -hmm. um, it's like the color revolution and everything that's happened throughout history with that. This is, I'm saying that these people are paid yeah, they're paid. They're on a payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, they set them up with George bricks. Soros. They set them up with mortar, water bottles, um, it, Molotov cocktail cases in some instances, things like that. And so um, these actual real terror organizations are going to start showing up um, and causing havoc. And it's going to be just like January 6th where all these freedom-loving, constitution-loving law-abiding citizens that are using their peaceful rights under the constitution and all the amendments that we have um they're going to start getting blamed just like january 6th and they're going to be held as um state-sponsored terrorist victims whatever uh with no rights just like the january 6th people are Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people um, that are still being held that have never been arraigned in court have have been denied attorneys um, there's all kinds of stories about you know the treatment they're receiving and stuff like that that's what I'm saying is this is going to be anything that you do against the government they're going to counter it with their their own terrorist organization and and good people are going to get the blame for it again yes that's what I always agree. happens the lengths that they've gone with January yeah. 6th, they're pretty impressive. They've been able to spin virtually. Well, just, yeah. you know, I just call it a non-event because yeah. it fucking was. I mean, there was scuffles in the street, right. but we're, we're, the side that's saying it was so terrible, it completely ignored that their minions were running around all the major cities burning shit down for over a year. Dozens of murders. Right. Billions of dollars in damage. Just the revolving mm-hmm. door court system that these people would get arrested and be let out immediately. Um, it was fi- It was fiery but peaceful. Creating. It was fiery, fiery but, but peaceful. peaceful. I just asked Mostly CNN. peaceful yeah. protests. Yeah. Mostly peaceful protest as we see the buildings burning behind me. But mm-hmm. it's peaceful. Oh, but hey, wait a minute. We cannot charge even the attorneys that were th- caught throwing Molotov cocktails in cop cars. Um, 
those attorneys were also let off with zero charges. And guess what? They all still have their law license. Yeah. Um, so if the country was really concerned with actual terrorist, uh, because don't tell me there's not a, a video surveillance camera on every fucking corner and every business everywhere in the United States. If they wanted to identify any of the people that were causing the actual terrorism, they would have done it. They just have no interest in that because that is why they let out um, all of the convicted felons and stuff when the <clears throat> virus hit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> bullshit. Virus uh, hit because of concerns for safety for COVID. However, they didn't let everyone out. They just let the most severe offenders out. Um, and that they worked them into their little army on the payroll, you know, to cause havoc and burn down cities and stuff. And that kind of shit is okay. Mm -hmm. And it's completely okay if you break into a store and you smash the windows and you destroy property and you take 45 pairs of shoes. Because by golly, you must need them. Um, and it's reparations. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this isn't, you know, in the reality of all this is it's not about, you know, terrorism or, or anything like that. Um, you know, Antifa no. and BLM have the not right, they have the right politics for the current administration and the people, Communist. the people right. who are getting labeled domestic terrorism or domestic terrorists, they're, they're people right. who, uh, you know, are political dissonance to these people and they want to get rid of us. That's that's just, what it boils correct. down to. They want to kill the opposition. Absolutely. Opposition COVID measures, yeah. claims of election fraud, belief Trump can be reinstated, the 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays. They might as well just say Republicans. They could boil it down to one. Um, right. This is right. This is nuts. But it's sort of just the continuation of what? the whole that's Obama a broad... on steroids now. Just, they got to yeah. catch up. If that's a broad swath, though, because there are other religions besides Christianity that um, reserve or observe religious holidays. Yes. So, hmm, are they going after every religion now, or just specific ones? Because it doesn't state. Because when I first saw that, I thought, okay, it's total bullshit. Like that—that's not true. Like they would never say anything like that. So then I went to Lester Holt Nightly News and looked, and I'm like, holy fuck, it was on there. And then, like, my husband looked up um, for Homeland Security, and he sends me the entire statement. And I'm reading through this, and I'm like, well, it's not fake. And yeah. I was like, this is literally insane. This is complete and total uh, communism at its finest. And um, we are all the diseased people now. Anybody that uh, doesn't believe the numbers that have been proven repeatedly to be falsified or fake um, regarding two of the listings that were on there um, and people that, that choose to uh, worship and have faith. And, and the reason behind that is because if they can break enough people down in society, they can control smaller numbers. 
then they can control a large and and like we're a herd of cattle and so if you have uh 20,000 head of cattle instead of you know 500,000 head of cattle it's much easier to control and so that's the thing is to to break your will make you give in make you stop posting the truth make you stop speaking the truth um, make you turn on your neighbors make you report people because reading the whole thing from homeland security kind of goes along with what our governor uh did in his eo the other day where they can also involuntarily commit people and it says the same fucking thing from the directive from homeland security as what our governor's eo said the other day you it doesn't mention anything about being a mental patient or uh being considered for mental incapacitation or anything like that it just says that they can involuntarily commit you over the phone. And so <laughs> we also got word that a lot of states are uh, calling parents to see if their children are vaccinated because that's another thing that a lot of people have read so far is that these, quote, camps that they're building uh, or quarantine facilities is also another place where they can come into your house without a warrant, take your children because they're not vaccinated, and claim you as an unfit parent, and then the state takes custody of your kids. Um, it's in a lot of bylaws. It's in a lot of things that a lot of states have done. EO-wise, Canada has done that in certain places. So, uh, you know. Scary times, scary but times. stand yeah. your ground. And I'm telling you, um, our our kids are older now, but uh, if they still lived at home and if someone came to our door, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have to kill me trying because ain't no way you're going to rip my kids away. Mm-mm. No, no, not going to happen. So, just Mm-mm. a proposition of that should be the fucking line for most people. Uh, whether or not they're going to do it or not, yeah. but that they're sort of idling themselves to do it whenever they want. Yeah. The amount of power that the government has gained over the last year or so is insane. Um, you know, I mean, I'm on anything. <clears throat> I can look at it and see too how, uh, especially with this administration and uh, child trafficking goes, um, you know, CPS and DSS, right. they're one of the, um, uh, the biggest uh, violators, you know, when it, when it comes to trafficking Yep. and uh, that's just a, a, mm-hmm. uh, another way to open up a, a revolving door, you know, with, with uh, what they're, Absolutely. they're able to do here with this language that, that, that they're using, you know, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it, it uh, all this plays together. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, we're able to connect the dots, but then again, you know, when we do connect the dots, we're the ones that, uh, we're, we're made to look like lunatics, you know, but I mean, that's right on our way to a list. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's sad. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where, um, like me, I don't let any of this shit get to me. I don't let any of it bother me because I'm confident in who I am and what I believe and what my morals and values are. 
and I'm not going to compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it comes to one of those situations where they're at your front door, my husband and I have already had this discussion in depth and detail what is going to happen if that day should come. And it's not going to be a pleasant sight. Yeah. No, it's not. But, you know, it, do you, are you going to be like, and here's a like scenario for a lot of the people that are fighting the jib jab. Um, so a lot of states have exemptions. My suggestion would not be medical um, because they're compiling a list of medical exemptions um, to put those on the now safe to get list. Yes. Uh, so the religious is in a lot of states have it. Some states don't have any. Um, but if you have that and here's here's what I told my husband is going to happen. So many people are finding out now that you have the option to apply for that and say you do. Um, and then your employer is like, well, even though it's in the state constitution or in the state bylaws, uh, we're going to turn it down because we don't believe you or it's not true or it's up to us. We don't have to grant it, whatever the case may be. And so here's the catch 22. They have you either way. It's double-edged sword. Either they can grant you that and you're fine. Or if they deny it and then you get the vaccination anyway, they can terminate you because they're going to claim that you lied <laughs> on a form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I can, that's not like conjecture or made up. I can see this happening because I've been in healthcare for so long and teaching medical school and stuff like that. I'm like, I know where their mind's at. I know how they think. And same thing with like all the colleges where um, kids are applying for exemptions and stuff. And then um, like, if you're doing a master's program and you're in like a health field and you have to do an internship at a facility. Um, so you get the exemption granted to you for college, but then you to start your internship and the internship says, well, we don't accept your exemption or we don't have to give you that, even though it's part of state law. Um, and then there again, they can absolutely like let you go and then you completely forfeit and fail your program because you're not able to complete your internship. And so, yeah, those are problems uh, that I think, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to get. Yeah. Sorry. So I think that's going to, I think that's going to be a really huge issue for a lot of people. But a lot of people are to the point now where, um, especially like all the healthcare workers I know, they're like, fuck it. Like I retired years ago because um, shit was getting to the point where I can't support this kind of crap because I'm a patient advocate. I'm not an advocate for the drug company. Right. And so I saw what things were doing to people and stuff. And I was like, this is not, yeah, this is no the no bueno for me. And so a lot of healthcare workers now they're in that situation and it um they're like, 
fuck it. Like I've been a nurse for, you know, 35 years or whatever. And like, screw it. I don't want to do this anymore. A lot of doctors are like, nope, not going to get it. They're not going to force me to get it. The, the doctors are actually um, people with a PhD. I had the highest rate of hesitancy or resistance according to recent studies that were just done yeah, and that. a lot of doctors are like i'm done like i'm not going to get it either mm -hmm. <laughs> i should tell you something if doctors are like mm -mm, nope yeah i have open. i have yeah. two that i see um one of them she's not an actual doctor she's a, a nurse practitioner but i mean you know how much power they have i mean she has her own practice and uh, the other one I have is uh, he's a DO and the DO, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm friends with him on Facebook and he sees a lot of the stuff that I would post. And I mean, he, he knows where I stand and uh, we've had conversations just on mask. Right. And this, this was right when all this had started and they were starting to talk about pushing vaccines. Um, so this would have been, you know, mm -hmm. before January. And uh, <clears throat> I remember asking him and he's like, no, I'm not going to take it. Well, the next time I saw him, you know, he's just going through the whole spiel and asking if I, I want a uh, test or if I want the vaccine. I'm like, no. And I said, did, uh, did you mm -hmm. get the vaccine? He said, uh, yeah. And he was kind of hesitant to say, and I'm like, oh, really? He's all like, yeah. And without saying it, he basically said, you know, I, I kind of like having a job. And uh, so he, mm -hmm. you know, was uh, adamant about not taking it before january but then when i saw him i think it was march is is when he had had it now the uh, the practitioner that i see um she's right there with me she's 100 percent. no i'm not taking it and uh you know she was even i saw her last week right. was talking about the uh, the autopsy that they did and she was all like you know the, mm -hmm. they found spike proteins everywhere everywhere you know so i mean she's just mm -hmm. uh right. she's 100 against it and uh she has a niece that works at one of the uh, local hospitals here. And um, I think her niece is uh, actually finishing up school now uh, to, to get a practitioner's license. And she said that she was going to quit her job if they go to force it on her. You know, so, I mean, her niece is right. the same way. But, you know, there's two major hospitals here in the area where I'm at in West Virginia. One of them has already started with uh, all the employees and that's you know medical janitorial whatever everybody mm -hmm. and uh like right. contractors that come in to work um they they have to right. um all have to do it so it's i think in the healthcare it's mm -hmm. all coming but uh you know it's mm -hmm. uh, you know like you were saying about being a patient's advocate i know you know a lot of listeners they kind of know the story of, uh, you know, where I've been at the last five years of my life and having to take care of my grandfather that passed away. But, you know, I'll agree with you 100%. There, there are not a lot of people that are actually uh, patient advocates. And I could see that <clears throat> with having to uh, set up hospice, hospice care for my grandfather and me being his medical power of attorney. Right. They want to push you out of there as quick as they possibly can. You know, and, and it... Right. There's some things that bother me. I think I made all the right decisions, uh, you know, regarding with his end of life care and things like that. But then there's, you know, some things that I personally question myself. Well, would he still be here if I mm -hmm. wouldn't have made some of the decisions that I made as quickly as I did? Because, I mean, I was 
basically forced, bam, make those decisions right there on the spot, you know, with, with three people standing right. in front of me with paperwork to sign, you know, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, there was even, they, they had to give him a blood transfusion. And I did ask one of the nurses, I said, you know, do you know, um, if the blood that he's going to get has been vaccinated or not, you know, he's 96 years old. And, um, it was something right. that worried me because I know he, he wouldn't have been one of the people because he talked shit about the flu shots all the time. Didn't want to take them. So I know that's, you know, him having dementia. He, if, if he could know, you know, what I knew he was said no. And, uh, that nurse couldn't answer my question about, you know, the, uh, the blood transfusion. So, I mean, there, I don't know. There's just, right. um, there, there's not a lot of people. It's, it's all, all about the money now, you know, um, what's going to benefit the hospital. Yeah. Is it better to get him out of here or, or what? So we can move somebody else in, you know? So it's uh it's sad that people well, yeah, like because, you are leaving. Yeah. And see, you know, um, I was one of those people. I had a, a really good friend that um, follows the show, um, you know, and, and he asked me the other day, he's like, have you ever had, or worked for any really bad doctors. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, how do you deal with it? And I said, I am one of those people. If you come at me sideways in front of other patients Mm -hmm. or in front of other staff members, or I don't agree with you, by God, I'm going to tell you. Um, And this one particular doctor that I worked for, he was um, like I was the right hand person and he trusted me to order test and, you know, do things and make diagnosis on patients and whatnot because I had been there for such a long time. And I was a site preceptor for um, medical students, nursing students, whatnot. They all trained under me. So a lot of experience in the field. And I went to take care of a patient one day and I came out of the room and he's like, what's the scoop? And so I'm telling him and I'm like, this patient has like grade three edema, grade three putting edema. And he's like, oh, so it's like up here. And I'm like, what? And he goes, it's up here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, one, two, three, four, and going down the body. I'm like, honey, that is not how you grade edema, like at all. And he's like, oh, you don't even know because you're just a nurse. You didn't go to medical school. And he's like up in my face screaming at me. And I said, come here, big boy. I'm going to show you something. So I grab out a medical education book and I slam it down on the desk. And I said, read this part to me, what it says about edema read it now don't tell me i'm wrong because i know i'm very highly educated i know and so he apologized to me because he was wrong and even though he went to medical school he was incorrect Mm -hmm. and i've had those kind of things happen a lot i worked for a big hospital corporation around here worst fucking hospital corporation i've ever worked for in my entire fucking life total fucking disaster if it, if i was um investigating their facility i'd shot them down in a fucking heartbeat 
but I was in this, I was in this practice. It had like five doctors and they had this patient and they're like, Oh my God, I think the patient needs a catheter. Does anybody know how to do a catheter? And I'm like, there's five doctors here. What do you mean? You don't know how to do a catheter. I know you fucking learned that in medical school. And they're like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know how to do one. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Do you have a catheter kit? And they're like, what? And I'm like, a catheter kit. Do you have a catheter kit? Because I have even catheterized a baby. Do you have one? Oh, we can't allow a nurse to do that. And I'm like, why not? Because I literally do this all the time. I could do it with my eyes shut. And they're like, had to send the patient to a urologist because they didn't have any supplies. And none of the five doctors knew how to do that. And so when you get to the point where, um, like you're advocating for your patient, like this patient needs a wound depredement or this patient needs something, or you know that the doctor's wrong, or you know something they're going to give them is going to cause harm and you don't speak up, you are just as fucking liable as that doctor is. And that was my job. And so you have to know literally every fucking medication they prescribe every side effect and you have to go over those things with patients as well because if you think for two seconds the pharmacy is going to talk to you about that you're sadly mistaken if you think the doctors know you're sadly mistaken as a nurse you are the sole person that is responsible for the medications that people are on, any kind of interactions, what kind of side effects they can expect, what kind of uh, test prep they need to do, what kind of things they're going to have to expect after a prep, what kind of surgery will be done, what's going to happen during the surgery. You literally have to know everything inside and out. And if you don't, Or if you can't do that or you're not interested in doing that, you should never, ever fucking be in that profession Mm. in the first place. And if you can't stick up for people, you should never be in that job. Like, ever. Ever. Because I would literally snarl a doctor down to the floor and bite him before I let him hurt a patient. Like, ever. Yeah, I've I've been in situations where I've... I've seen the the tension between a nurse like you and a doctor, and you could tell that it was there, that the nurse was highly and well-educated on the situation. And there was something happening behind closed doors that you couldn't see, you know, but you knew that it was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I've, I've been in those situations and you could feel that tenseness, but me personally, I would trust, a nurse mm-hmm. with 15 years a experience over a doctor, over a doctor any day, you know, and uh, it's, it's sad to yeah. say that, but you know, I mean, i I think that there's a lot of doctors that go into the profession for certain reasons. And I think that the reasons that nurses end mm-hmm. up going into the profession are, you know, they, they differ, um, Com- you know, completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not going to say it is just all about money, but, I mean, I think there's some part to either the the prestige or the power or the money or everything combined that that a doctor will right. go into it for when uh, the majority of nurses. Now, I do understand that 
you know, things happen and people become jaded and cynical uh, being in profession over time. And, and some nurses just get burnt out and drained and they have to deal with the bullshit with the doctors. Right. I understand that happens, you know, and, but that happens right. with any profession. But but yeah, uh, it just brings back to the point that, you know, I, I think that nurses go into it for the right reasons. Um, the majority of them know more than the doctors know. And uh, they don't get the credit uh, that they uh, they deserve, you know. Yeah, and it's it's definitely not for the money for nurses because, ooh, baby, there is not shit money in mm-hmm. nursing um, unless you are a nurse practitioner and have a very established specialty practice. Mm-hmm. You are not going to make any money. It, I mean, you could literally go to school for eight, 12 years and you just don't make money. Yeah. You just don't, there's none in it. And I mean, like the amount of money that you make is so pitiful in between degrees, like uh, between a LPN and a BSN to an MSN, like the money amount is so small that it's like very minuscule because your schooling actually cost more than what you're going to get paid right and so you really have to be in it for uh the love of patients and the knowledge and that's why um like me even though i retired like i study virology i i taught about all of the body systems and how um all of the body systems work and how it reacts when disease attacks and stuff like that and so like I constantly get this shit attacks on social media all the time. They're like, oh, well, are you qualified to like <laughs> say that the information that you posted is correct? And I'm like, uh, yeah, because not only was I a nurse, but I taught medical school. And so, yeah, yeah, I actually am because me, I'm like a human sponge. Like mm-hmm. I love learning about stuff like continually all the time and so I don't ever feel like my education is done nor do I want it to ever be and once you know you can't unknow um, but it's one of those things where some people when they get into a specific field they just like memorize what's in the book and then they don't look any further or um, they don't care to research and of course these things are not in a textbook it's not in anything you're going to learn in school. Um, these are things that are higher, that are outside learning, um, that there's plenty of information on. But some people, number one, just too lazy. Number two, don't care. Um, I've even had students where the court mandated them to go to school. Um, and so those are the people that you really have to target, like when you're teaching to either make them understand that if you're going to expect me to put you out into the field, that you better know your shit, especially if in you're in my class, um, or you better drop out. And I'm going to find out real quick which type of person that you are. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, and, and I just had a very different way of teaching in that aspect where you know, I told them up front, like, I don't do cheaters. Here's the rules. This is the way it's going to be. Um, but I guarantee you, 
if you pay attention and you come to class, you're always going to pass your state boards all the time. I had a hundred percent success rate, but I was very unorthodox in teaching because I would make, um, them role play stuff, Mm -hmm. um, or act out stuff or, um, make, I always put like through critical thinking questions in there, um, to make them think about like, if you do this, what are the consequences? What are the possible outcomes? You know, um, sometimes I would throw like wrong, completely wrong questions on a test just to see who, if anybody <laughs> would catch it and see if anybody would come up and say, you know, this is, I think this question is wrong. Okay. Why do you think it's wrong? Well, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, explain it to me. And then if you're right, we'll, you know, I'll give you credit for it, you know? And it's one of those things where you have to like get them engaged and get them to the point where they want to learn and they want to critical think. Um, and they always learn stuff in my class because I would never just teach from a book. I would teach from life mm-hmm. experience and things that they're going to um, encounter. Like I used to have to teach labs and stuff and I would bring things in that would smell freaking rancid and horrid and I would be like okay now as a healthcare professional like you have to keep a straight look on your face um you can't like vomit gag anything like that Mm -hmm. smell this smell this and and just watch their reaction you know and it's one of those things I was like these are things they don't teach you in a book but I don't want to ever have a site call me and be like your student (laughs) <laughs> uh, like just threw up during a pap smear, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you Christ. can't do that. Even though, woo, yeah. Even though I've had <laughs> some of those situations where it's like the doctor was like, take a lot of deep breaths before we go inside. Cause it is bad. And I'm like, I know like the whole hallway smells. <laughs> yeah. But those are things like, like you can't let the patient see your face. Yeah. That's when you learn to use Vicks under your nose. Yeah. <laughs> You can't smell anything but the Vicks, but yeah. Yeah. But those, you know, and it's one of those things where, um, a lot of people aren't born with common sense. Certainly isn't taught in schools anymore, but in my class, they had to have that. Yeah. Um, because if they didn't, they would never pass, you know, but it, it was to one of those, um, like I had such a high success rate right off the bat that I had other teachers going, how the hell are you teaching your class? Like, can we see the test or can we see like your study guides or whatever? Because like none of my students are passing. And I'm like, sounds like a personal problem, boo. But yeah. I kept binders of stuff, you know, and things that, that I could teach them and, and they would always remember. Um, even like stupid sayings. Um, mm-hmm. And I would make up the cheesiest stuff and they're like, oh my God, like you are such a nerd. And I'm like, yeah, but you remembered it for your test, didn't you? Yeah, you're going to remember that when you go to take your boards too. Yeah, exactly. So, There's teachers that I had over the years that that had more of a uh, unorthodox way of teaching, especially in doing uh, role playing and real life scenarios and things like mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> even today, I could think back yep. to high school 
and remember those those situations that I, I was in. And at the time, I thought it was stupid. You know, I was like, my God, this is ridiculous. Yep. But here I am, almost 40 years old, and I still remember that day in that scenario, you know, so it, it, it stuck with me. So. Exactly. And they used to make fun of me and they're like, Oh my God, like she's such a total dork or cheese ball or whatever. And like one of the funnest things that they hated so much, but it was so fucking funny for me to watch. Like we would be struck studying about like drugs and the um, different kinds of drugs that people are on and like what you watch for when they come in as a patient and what their behaviors are like or things. So I would break them into little groups and I give them a card like, okay, these are the different scenarios in your group and somebody has to act out this. Um, and so I'd give them each, like one of them's the doctor, one of them's the nurse, one of them's the patient, and there might be a security guard or something. And then the student would actually have to tell me like what drug the, the patient was high on when they came in, you know, and first they were like, oh my God, this is like, I hate this. But then they got such a kick out of it and like it just spread like wildfire. And so I literally taught that every time I taught that class mm -hmm. and, and that made them learn quicker than just reading shit in a book. Sure. Because when you read to memorize, you don't remember anything. Yeah. Except for maybe for a test. And then you don't remember after that. How so, do you, how do you feel you about know. the opioid crisis and, uh, I guess you were probably working at a time when doctors were pushing out things like Oxycontin yeah. uh, and, you know, uh, yeah. oxymorphone, hydromorphone, things like that for uh, mm -hmm. things that really weren't that serious. Um, do, you, do you think that right. doctors played a bigger role in that or that politicians played a bigger role in, in taking away um I guess a doctor's ability to prescribe certain things. I'm, I'm just saying as far as like the opioid crisis uh, as a whole goes right. here, because, you know, fentanyl is huge right now. Right? And it's right. And it's a touchy situation because um, a lot of doctors would give that for uh, very mild mm -hmm. symptoms um, or even if, you know, like, there was no visible signs of pain, but the patient's telling you they're in pain because usually um, you should be able to read their face yeah. um, or their expressions, their hand gestures, body movement, whatever. Um, but it got to the point where they would do that because when they went to electronic records and stuff, you would literally have to see a patient every five to 10 minutes. No time in between, no time to dilly-dally. And so they would literally use that as a crutch, um, kind of like they do with the ADHD medication, where um, every patient now has ADHD um, or ADD, and you have to put them on a stimulant, uh, get out of my office. It started becoming the same thing. Uh, with the opioids and instead of, um, hey, maybe you should do uh, acupuncture or reflexology, um, chiropractic care, things like that. It was like push them toward 
medications because you are in bed with the pharmaceutical company and the more medications that you write, especially when, when they went to the electronic system, the federal government monitors how many prescriptions you write um, and how many prescriptions you write for uh, Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson or um, AstraZeneca or any of the big pharmaceutical companies out there. And so that is what they base your bonus pay on. Every doctor gets it. Um, You also get a bonus from the government if you write over so many scripts a month. And so um, it's a you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back kind of thing. And that's where it got into a big problem. And that's where the um, prescription of of opiates really took place when that whole forced uh, electronic medical records shit took place. Really? I've never saw the huge boom. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And that's because um, there was government tracking at that time. And so, you know, like I said, it was based on bonuses and you got more money from the federal government. The more prescriptions you wrote, the more prescriptions you wrote for, you know, Pfizer, whoever, the more money you get from them. Um, You may get considered for higher reimbursement for things because you're doing, you're pushing out more and more scripts. Um, And so that's when the huge boom really happened. Now, a lot of that, I feel bad because a lot of doctors really, really, don't know about alternative therapies yeah. Um, or they don't want to prescribe alternative therapies because the government says they're quacks. Um, However, you know, like acupuncture and things like that have been around for a very long time and they're very helpful for patients and especially somebody that has a mild to moderate pain syndrome. Um, Those are more effective than opiates because opiates actually mask your pain and so it doesn't actually take care of your pain Mm -hmm. it hides it for a while and then it manifests later on into um more severe pain or worsening pain because you build up the tolerance in your in your system and then you have to have more and more and more and so then instead of uh one fentanyl patch lasting for you know 10 days then you're putting on a fentanyl patch every other day yeah and so that's how you, that's how they get you hooked because um it's another one of those hooked into a vicious pain cycle because then you can't sleep and then you're in more pain because you can't sleep and then you're depressed and then you have anxiety and all these things and it's like a circle and so the more and more and higher and higher they can get you hooked on narcotics without giving you any other treatment options. I can't like the vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, the better off they are because it's good for them. It's good business for them, even though it's really shitty healthcare for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's the system. Detrimental. Yeah. I had a doctor giving me yeah. uh, 240 tens a day at, uh, at one point. Or not, I'm sorry, a, a month, day. not a day. A day. Yeah, that, Holy shit, you wouldn't be is, here. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I don't know with the um with the uh the You're opiate addiction here. I had. Yeah. yeah, not with the uh, 
the one I had, I mean, I literally, I mean, there were times um, I've went through Percocet, for example, because um, I did everything intranasally. Um, you know, like right. uh, I could do 30 to 50 uh, Perc fives in a day. I mean, like 24 hour period, just oh, snorting them. I mean, that, I mean, that, I mean, it's just, that's not trying to brag or anything like that. It's just being honest mm -hmm. about where I was in the but you uh, build up a tolerance. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, in the addiction, yeah. you know? So, I mean, it was like at the end, um, you know, Oxycontin was what got me. And then they came out with the tamper resistant pill and, um, uh, mm -hmm. Opana was the next thing. Um, because it, it took them about two more years to um, to go to a tamper resistant pill with the Opana. And like I said, I like to snort everything, but um, Opanas are the devil. Mm -hmm. One of the worst things uh, I've ever had so to what, come off of. So what made you decide to snort it? Uh, well, if we're going to talk about bioavailability, I know the bioavailability in snorting it was only uh, 50%. Uh, it's actually 49% bioavailability. Intravenously, you'd get 100%. Um, orally, um, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere 85 to uh, 90%. Um, so I would start the day off. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was more just a habit thing. Like, in the, you know, I mean, the group that I was in, it was more of a social thing at the beginning where we were snorting stuff. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that kind of became the habit um of just uh going through the motions like you know like i smoke cigarettes now and it's trying the to movement it's like smokers. exactly yeah. yeah 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 so i think it's the the same thing with me because i know if i would have just taken them orally i would have uh, gotten more of the effect from the opiate itself but it was just the uh, the whole process of uh actually hunting the, the drugs to have yeah finding them, um, right. crushing them up. You know, I mean, I had a specific way that I did certain pills, um, you know, like hydrocodone, mm -hmm. uh, Percocets, things like that. I would, I would, you know, use dollar bills, crush them uh, with a Zippo lighter. And I mean, it was just a thing. And then I used hose clamps to do the, uh, the Oxycontin, the Opana, and you would kind of grade those down and they, they'd mm -hmm. kind of fluff up into a big powder. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a, it was ritualistic, I think, more or less. But yeah, I mean, as far as the bioavailability mm -hmm. goes, I know I was wasting what I was doing, but still it was, um, I, I just had to do it. Um, even when I was coming out, you know, I went to right. rehab three different times, but coming off of the opiates, um, I would uh, right. do lines of acetaminophen, just plain acetaminophen, um, just right. to, to have that placebo effect that I was actually doing. Something. Because that's, that's still... Yeah, because yeah. you're you're still feeding that um, the the mechanics, the motion yeah. of, of going through um, what you were used to doing. Yeah. So you kind of have to wean off of those habits. Yep. Just like you have to wean off of everything else. Yeah. Um, I had this just the same discussion about weaning off things with a friend the other day that was telling me like one of the worst things they've ever come off in their life was effector no, um, and that's the same is, for me yeah and that's a lot of people um that's a common mm -hmm. antidepressant that they prescribe for people um and it's it's like coming off of narcotics yeah um i think it was a worse. lot of people say it's like amplified yeah because it's a um like your whole 
body. It gets so addicted that your whole body yep. coming off of it. Um, you literally feel like you're going to die. Yes. Coming off of Effexor. And that is one of the most prescribed mm -hmm. um, antidepressants that there is. Yeah. And so, it, it, you know, like I, I feel, I feel so bad for people that have addiction because um, number one, it's not always the patient's fault. Sometimes it is because the patient choice, but um, when you're talking about like the medical industry and the medical mm. industry constantly pushing stuff and then it's like, Hey, Dusty, like, I know that you're on this medication, but guess what? Now you have this problem. So here, take this medication. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. You're having side effects from that. Um, here's another one. Here's five more. Um, here's these to counteract that to do whatever. And your, your whole body is so just fucking overloaded that it's like screaming at you like what what the fuck are you doing to me and like all of your organs start freaking out because they don't know what the hell to do because you're yeah. on so many different medications with so many different side effects that is really fucking up your organs and it's not you that's fucking them up it's the drugs it's the right. medications that you're prescribed I, I yeah. just came off of a Fexer in February and, uh, mm -hmm. it's August and I'm still having issues. Um, the biggest thing for me yes. was my sleep cycle, just the way my body felt overall, but the brain zaps. Right. And even now in August, yeah. I'm still having issues with, uh, like just a general fog. Um, I'll forget, you know, if I'm in the, the middle of a sentence, sometimes I'll forget what right. I was saying. I'll lose my train of thought. And I mean, it's, all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, I 100% know that it's from from the effects. <laughs> Me of, too, but mine's age. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, they they started me out on yeah. Cymbalta. I was having uh, some uh, reactions oh, with the God, Cymbalta no. oh, and God. then went from Cymbalta yeah. to Effexor. And uh, the Effexor, I'll say I was suicidal, right? And uh, it, it came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And the only thing that they can attribute mm -hmm. it to, my A1C was like 14.5. I'm a diabetic. And uh, they said that I was Ooh, in a, yeah, yeah I was in but a that, diabetic that depression. That goes hand in hand with your pancreatitis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that, yeah. And those two are like married to each other. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a nightmare. And that's like I told you, I don't, I don't drink alcohol. Just, I, I, I won't even take NyQuil. Um, you know, it's just right. one of those things I'm worried about an acute attack. And uh, uh, pancreatitis is one of those things that, it's I've, Painful. I've had women. Yeah. I've had women say that it's worse than childbirth and women that have had kids and then had pancreatitis, mm -hmm. but apparently it's because all the nerve endings right. in your body centralize right there around your pancreas. And uh, that's why it could be mm -hmm. so painful, but, right. but yeah, the, uh, the effects are, <clears throat> I'll say I've been to rehab three different times, once at 17, once at 21, and then at 28 years old. And um, you know, I've, so I've had to come off the opiates a few different times. And uh, mm -hmm. I've never had as many issues or a hard of time coming off the opiates as I did the effects or, you know, so I'll tell people, yeah, I mean, right. I, I stopped having suicidal thoughts. And like I said, the doctor says the only thing that he could chalk it up to was possibly a diabetic depression, which I didn't even know was a thing. And uh, apparently diabetics have an extremely high suicide rate and it's because their, their blood sugars can stay so high and shit get out of whack. And uh, mm -hmm. they just get depressed and mm -hmm. end up off of themselves. I mean, 
Luckily, I sought out help. If I would have known then what I know now, I don't know if I would have made the same decisions. I probably would have uh, started exercising and went for a more like holistic approach on it or a natural approach. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it got me through. I learned lessons and I'm able to talk to people about them. So if I, you know, I'm, and I'm not in any way giving medical mm -hmm. advice or anything, but just from my personal experience, right. I tell anybody, hey, you know, you make your own decisions, but this is what happened to me, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's important um, for, for people to understand that and to, to get those messages out because there is so much, again, medical is misinformation that's put out there about the safety and efficacy of, you know, the drugs that they prescribe you because, oh my God, your A1C, it may be uh, two tenths of a point too high. We better put you on diabetes meds. Yeah. Um, and then the meds that they put you on uh, fuck up your liver or um, you start having the brain fog or neurological impairment or all of a sudden uh, your kidneys don't work mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh, but it must just be because your body is falling apart. Couldn't possibly be side effects from the medications yeah. um, that we're giving you. Yeah. And so, like, there's so many stories. Like, you mentioned Cymbalta. And I had so many patients because there again, we got to push certain things because, mm -hmm. you know, hunting trips and all that you get from your drug reps. Um, and I had this older couple and they were so cute. They'd been married for like 55 years, elderly, um, sweet as could be. And the lady come in because the husband had some health concerns uh, that had never been there before. And so the doctor put her on the 30 milligrams of Cymbalta and she called me one morning and she was like, oh my God, Janet. She's like, oh, I was like in a trance. I woke up and I'm standing over my husband with a butcher knife ready to stab him to death. And I was like, okay, whoa, no, like you need to come in. Like we need to like talk about uh, this with the doctor because this is one of the side effects that's listed um this is not good like come in oh well you know what honey uh we're gonna up your dose from 30 <laughs> to 60 now if you're already trying to stab someone to death that you love dearly that you have tons of kids with tons of grandkids super happy love your life and they want to kill you on 30, what the hell do you think yeah. is going to happen on 60? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, um, and then a lot of the medications that um, were in these groups or uh, whatever have been pulled off the shelf or whatever, because finally after, I don't know, 25 years on the shelf, they discovered that, hey, wait, Maybe people are suicidal. Maybe they are killing people. Oh my God, we found out they cause cancer, you know, or all these now. other things. Just like, um, yeah, just like here recently on the FDA website, um, humongous recall on metformin. 
yeah. um, from multiple different manufacturers. And metformin is a hugely prescribed drug, I've not taken only it for, for years. diabetic patients, but also, yeah, also uh, females who have like polycystic ovary disease and things like that. Um, huge numbers of metformin were recalled because they have found to be tainted with a cancer causing subject. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. Like, are are you kidding me? And sunscreens being taken off the shelf and, you know, uh, Zyban for smoking, uh, Chantix for smoking, all these other things um, that are safe and effective that are now found to be like extremely harmful. Mm-hmm. And so they pulled them all. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Seems like something's mildly broken. Public health and safety. Please take all of these because it's for the good of the people. You're a fucking terrorist if you you don't. Well, please take your metformin so that I don't get diabetes, okay? Because uh, (laughs) since we talk, I'm sure that I could probably get it now. You're a contract tracer for diabetes. Keep that shit over there. No. We should have all been wearing our masks on the the show. We didn't transmit it through Zoom. I mean, the last thing I will well, say exactly. was transferred over the internet. You talking about the uh, the one medication for the other? I mean, I I think it's it's weird, like because of the medications that I take. You know, being on metformin or uh, the different insulins mm-hmm. that I've been on, um, the doctor always puts me on lisinopril for my kidneys because of the effects of the other medications. So and I'm like, you know, because I only take 0.5. <laughs> And I'm like, why am I taking lisinopril? Like, what is this for? And he's like, well, I mean, it's good for your heart, mm-hmm. but really it's your kidneys that I'm worried about. Um, with you being a diabetic yeah. and being lisinopril, on the medications that you are. Yeah, and lisinopril is an ACE inhibitor. Um, it is one of the very first medications they'll ever prescribe for a patient um, when they find high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um and with a lot of ACE inhibitors, uh, they cause like a massive cough. And so a lot of patients are like massively allergic to it. And why would you get a cough per se? I don't know, because it affects your lungs. Yeah. Even though it's good for your heart, promise you, it will help your blood pressure, even though it will make you cough a lot and cough up a lot of phlegm and stuff because mm-hmm. hello. Yeah. And so, um, like to, I don't know, that's like an off-label use, uh, to use for diabetes. Why other than they say that diabetes goes along with heart disease. Mm -hmm. Um, that is true in the instance that you have a problem with your cholesterol and guess what? Um, if you have really high levels of, um, LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, or you have really high triglyceride levels, that's where you get the pancreatitis attacks from the triglycerides, um, which is also linked to the foods that they tell you you should eat to remain healthy because they're on the food pyramid, although they're actually causing worsening symptoms of your diabetes Mm -hmm. and your cholesterol levels, which will then in turn cause heart problems. Yeah. Not that your diabetes meds don't cause heart problems. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, statin drugs are one thing that I'm extremely Mm -hmm. allergic to. 
um, I've, you yes. know, and, and there's four major statins and I literally, I went to the hospital, I was breaking mm -hmm. out in hives, severe stomach pains. I had no idea what was going on. And I went to the hospital on a Wednesday and saw my doctor right. on a Friday and he was laughing and this was years ago, but he was like, you know, you're, you're allergic to what I'd put you on. And I can't remember which one it was on. It was one of the major mm -hmm. ones. But he said, if you're normally, if you're allergic to one, you're allergic to, to all of them. So he took me off of it. You know, I just took some over the counter uh, Claritin and uh, in a few days, everything cleared up. But uh, statins, that's one of the things that, I mean, as far as like allergic reactions goes, um, it hit me and hit me hard. But, mm -hmm. you know, the more I've read about statins, they are extremely dangerous. But I mean, yeah. Uh, everything that you said. Yeah. I mean, it, it, all goes hand in hand with me and the chronic pancreatitis. I know both of, uh, my cholesterol levels right. are extremely high, you know? So it's, uh, there's, there's some stuff that I need to do to get my body in check. Uh, it's just, uh, mm -hmm. buckling down and actually doing it. You and know, that's something that. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like, um, when you have super high triglycerides, um, and you have a history of pancreatitis, you know, and they say, um, watch out for saturated fats, watch out for unsaturated fats, watch out for this, watch out for that. Um, and so basically, um, you can, uh, chew on some tree bark and that will help you because nothing else that you eat, um, is ever going to make a difference because, right. um, it's really hard when those numbers get, cause We've had patients that it was like uh, triglycerides, like uh, 1,800, 2,200, like massive, you know, and then of course they're in full-blown pancreatitis and you're thrown up all over the office and massive stomach pain and thrown up blood and, you know, all kinds of other things. But it's like one of those things where they don't teach you like what to do to get healthy. They don't teach you what to stay away from, what not to eat. They're just like, Oh, just watch your diet. Okay. Like watch it. How like you literally need to tell your patients, like watch it. How, what do they need to eat? What do they not need to eat? But, um, medical professionals as a whole, a lot of them are very lazy and they don't know. So they can't help you. Yeah. That's why they don't volunteer the information. Because they not they even don't teach look. nutrition. I heard they didn't even teach nutrition. No, no. Um, what you'll get a lot of times in medical school, um, like people that are going to be a doctor, uh, you may have a one or two hour course oh, once. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> that's um, enough over the nurses, 12 years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nurses like get very little. Um, and so that's another thing that's like a, a huge chuckle to me because all of these drug reps will come into the offices and the, and the ones that sell the diabetes drugs are the worst. Um, doesn't matter if it's oral or, or if it's insulin, they're both very guilty of this. And so um, they will come in and they will bring like um, Starbucks, like smoothies um, and and giant bags of like snicker bars and and shit like that and i'm like really you're fucking goddamn diabetes drug rep and you're bringing in fuck tons of sugar like how much sugar did you just bring in you just literally brought in like 7500 you know 75000 new calories potential clients like all the shit that you broke in 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking yeah, and that's what they and that's the what day. they do. Yeah. And yeah. so um like you never you never had one that would bring in like uh salads or you know anything like that or anything healthy or anything you could use. It was always just like complete and total shit stuff. And they're like you don't want any and I'm like no. Like Diabetes. no. Because, you know, if I'm if I'm working a 10 or 12 hour shift, no, I don't want to fill up on a bunch of fucking sugar so that you can find me crashed and ready to take a nap at my desk in an hour. No, I don't want that. Like, I, like, do you not even know that that's what that does to people? I don't know. I, it's it slays me, though. But that's the kind of thing. And like, the drug reps are famous for that, like the the most unhealthy shittiest food is what they always bring every single one of them but the like i said the diabetes reps it's always chocolate or <laughs> shit that's full of sugar to drink always yeah it's a rehab doctor bringing heroin <laughs> <laughs> pretty much there's, there's so many things yeah, that are just absolutely much. counterintuitive about modern medicine I've seen what it's done to my hey, mom. I, I think that some of the nurses, yeah, I think some of the nurses that I worked with probably could have used some heroin <laughs> to boost them a little bit. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know. Not advocating drug use by any means, so no strikes on that. But I'm just saying, yeah, low energy Karens running around there. Yeah. God, they'll That's probably be really low RIS energy after that. Going. They're going to be fucking nodding out in the middle of the job. <laughs> I don't know. Right? That's the thing. And it's like, it's like here's here's lunch. Um, and we brought you like a ton of pasta. And then here comes the, you know, insulin reps afterwards with <laughs> like all the little mini candy bars and the, you know, the milkshakes and shit from, from Starbucks. And it's like. Okay, pasta and this. Okay. Dude, I'll I'll be All I'll be falling asleep on the shift. For lunch, I am so sorry. Exactly. They didn't even spring for king size. Those cheap fuckers. <laughs> like the neighborhood, the, the house you don't go trick or treating. They're giving fun size, fun size. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Anybody else back killing them? <laughs> Well, guys, we've uh, we've hit about two and a Massages half hours. for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys want to wrap it up or. I sort of feel like I've hit my limit. All right. Well, um, it's been fucking awesome having you <laughs> on, Janet. You're full of me. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's been awesome. boomer in me. My motherfucking yeah. hips and my motherfucking knees. <laughs> yeah. It's no, but awesome. it's... Oh, my God. That's really me. Nice. That's my daily life. Yeah. Yeah, You've been too. an awesome guest, and uh, my back, my knees. <laughs> if you will, just go ahead and uh, let the people know again what your social media is, where they can find you, what what, what times you stream, what your show is. Okay, okay. Well, um, I can't live stream because hello, I'm a terrorist that went to January sixth. <laughs> um, so they took away my live stream privileges, so I can't do that. Um, you can find me on Instagram at no Janet. I mean, at deplorable Janet. Twitter is at no Janet, K N O W. You can find my podcast, Deplorable Nation, on all pa podcast platforms. 
Uh, um, and you can follow me on Alt Media United. And I just want to say, gentlemen, it has been an absolute honor and privilege to share the show with you this evening. So thank you so much for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. That's oh. amazing. Thank yeah, you for we've we've had a lot of fun. And I can Super I can tell you it's informative. The uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, I mean, we've been jiggling around random medical shit, but having someone who's in the know, you know, break down a little bit, that's that's big. And uh, definitely can say uh, the pleasure has been ours. And uh, yes, we're definitely, definitely honored to have someone like you come on the show. Corner of the internet. <laughs> and with that, you love me? Yeah. You really, really love me? <laughs> and with that being said, that was I'm Gnome. By the way, people. <laughs> I'm Hammer. I'm Dusty. That's Janet. That's Janet. Janet. (laughs) And we're out of here, people. Have a good evening.